0: Welcome to Upgrade Engines with Scott Wozniak, where we explore the tools and tactics that drive improvement. If you're hungry for more and better, if you want to move past hype and discuss how, you're in the right place. Change really is possible, dreams can come true. It may take a while, but you can upgrade anything if you build the right engine. My guest today is Jessica Farrell. Jessica started her professional career after graduating from Valdosta State University with a bachelor's in secondary education and emphasis in history. Though she didn't spend much time in the classroom proper, her skills transferred nicely to her role leading a leadership training program in a corporate environment. After four years there, she transitioned to the marketing function, supporting new restaurant openings in that industry, through marketing and public relations, and then most recently, she became a marketing consultant, working with fr- franchisees all over the country to grow their businesses. As a serial learner, Jessica went to Georgia State University to complete her MBA program, and also picked up her real estate license lately. Because why not? Uh, her favorite roles include actually none of this being instead being a wife and a mother, and that that's not a casual role. Like she has three children under the age of four as at the time of this recording. Uh, She enjoys time outside with them. They raise chickens. They grow fruit. um, They have a pretty cool property. If you catch her on vacation, her favorite spot is the beach, reading, soaking up the sun. But, you know, in what little spare time she has left, she's on the board of a nonprofit organization and they're active in the foster care system for the state of Georgia. So she does a tremendous amount of stuff. You can find her best on LinkedIn at uh, linkedin.com slash I N slash Jessica dash O'Neill dash Ferrell. That's O-N-E-I-L-L-F-E-R-R-E-L-L. Lots of double L's and double R's here. So um, I'll put the links in the show notes and man, welcome my great friend and incredible achiever, Jessica Farrell. Today I'm revisiting one of my former guests. Honestly, because we didn't get through enough stuff last time. I'm talking to Jessica Farrell. Jessica started her professional career after graduating from Valdosta State University with a bachelor's in secondary education. But instead of going directly into a classroom after her training and some student training, she went into a leadership training program in a corporate environment, teaching, but for a different student. After four years doing leadership development, she transitioned to marketing, supporting especially restaurant openings with marketing and even some public relations. But recently, she became a marketing consultant and specializes now in working with franchisees to grow their business. She is a serial learner. She went to Georgia State University for her MBA program, has a real estate license, uh, and her favorite roles include being a wife and mother. And she has three children, all under the age of four as of the time of this recording. So she enjoys spending all time with them. They actually have chickens on their property. They grow fruit. Um, And if you catch her on vacation, she likes to get to the beach, read, soak up the son and maybe not be busy for just a few days. Oh, speaking of busy, she's also on the board of a nonprofit organization and active in the foster care system in the state of Georgia. So welcome another great conversation with Jessica Farrell. And by the way, if you haven't heard the first one, go back and check that one out. It's great. Well, Jessica, welcome back. Thanks for being willing to do a second conversation. Uh, not only did I have a lot of fun, but man, we didn't even get to the stuff that I thought we were going to get to as the really the best stuff. So, so much to say in so little time. Yeah. And and for anyone listening, if you've not heard the first one, I recommend, again, go back and listen to that. But just as a quick recap, we talked about all the many, many things that Jess has going on in her world and how do you keep that and not like burn out and go nuts. And what we ended up doing was talking about a lot of, I would say the inner processes, the, the self-talk. Um, we, we we talked about you even got your planner and your word for the year. Well, and the three versions of that and, and your fitness trainer that didn't uh, actually ne- never end up talking to you about diet or exercise for a long time. Right. And talking about other stuff that like the, the Thinking behind fitness and self care. And so it, it's a, it was a great conversation, but all that internal stuff. And I think maybe if I could sum it up, one of the big insights, maybe there are three or four, but one of the big ones that I think transitions today is. Is if you want to get all this external stuff done, there's internal work to do. Um, you can't ignore your own self-think, you know, the the talk, self-talk and the self-care and and the kind of the internal like planning your like have you defined what you want out of life? So that internal stuff is necessary in order to do the external stuff. Yeah. But there's still external skills. Like yeah, okay, maybe this is just me and my own issues, but part of my brain's like, how do you even keep track of all those things and not be like, Oh, I totally forgot. We were supposed to do that one. Oops. Um, which, you know, I, I wish that was an exaggerated joke, but you worked with me too long. So like, no, I literally will do that without help. So, should uh, I
1: have left more to try to emphasize that it was a joke or should I just, yeah. yeah, right. yeah let's <laughs> pretend that
0: was a great joke. ha <laughs> ha. Uh, very funny. Right. No, uh, <laughs> flashbacks right um so I I do use a pile of tools and we can talk about some of what I'm using uh yeah. and that's both people and like technology to help me keep track yeah. of all the stuff how do you do this and not let one of these zones take over because yeah. do you have tools for that or thinking like what does that look like for you
1: yeah I think I think there's some external tools some of them we talked about like the planner and things like that but some of it's internal some of it's like I really now that you're describing it I'm like you know the other zones keep the other zones in balance. Huh. So It's
0: okay. Explain more. I think I know you yeah. unpack that.
1: So there's a time where I was growing my career and I was single is a lot easier for my work to take over more of my life in that season because I didn't have some of those other zones or factors like playing out. But now that I do have a, a husband and three kids at home, like, when, when I'm in the middle of doing bedtime or the kind of the nighttime routine that we have, um, I'm much more protective of saying no to work during that time. Now that doesn't mean at like after bedtime, I'm not like opening things back up and getting ready. But that zone, when that zone is on, yeah. it protects me from jumping too far into the other ones. Um, same with, uh, the nonprofit or any other aspects, like when I'm doing that, I try to like, make it like focus, be where I am because I know I'm going to focus on the other ones later. Yeah. And some of that's just small things like do not disturb on my phone or turning off, you know, some of the notifications and the pop-ups and the bells and whistles that can alert you for something that. You don't want to be alerted for at that time. And that's yeah. okay. Being so, be okay with yourself about turning some of that off.
0: I'll just quickly interject to say that has been life changing for me. So maybe it's the ADHD as well, but I, I think there's some human stuff in here but like 99% of the apps and software programs on my computer and phone, they don't need to notify me. Um, I will get to them when I need to get to them. And now their, their incentive is they want me using their stuff nonstop all day long, right? So they're working really hard to interrupt my day and make me think about them. But there are very, very few things that I allow to notify me now. And so even, so I'll use do not disturb, but even when I don't have that on, they're very. I mean, emails. I don't need to know when an email pops in. Um, honestly, one of the more powerful things on on my phone is the. Uh, so I have an iPhone, and that one of the settings is silence unknown callers. Like, listen, if you're not already in my contacts, you can leave me a message. I'll look at it and let you know. But there's really nobody I can think of that isn't already in my context that should be interrupting me. So, so from, from external to like social media, I turned all those notifications yeah. off, um, all the tracking apps and Matt, you know, my bank and, and anybody like, listen, I'll check you when I need you. And so unless it's literally like a phone call, I think in text messages that might be the only things I let have notifications on my phone.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, take it a step further. Like you mentioned social media, I just turned it all off. Like really you of mean like, like
0: just like I deleted the apps and stopped checking in.
1: So uh, I completely came off of Instagram, deleted the app, stopped checking in very rarely. I have a one or two friends that are only on that platform. I mean, I have their like phone numbers and stuff, but yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a time where I felt like I needed to check in on a friend. And so I like logged everything back in and jumped on Mm -hmm. for, but for a minute and I turned it back off Uh, with Facebook. I turned it off completely for a season, like deleted every, you know, like closed out, profile, whatever. What I found out was that helpful for a lot of things, um, not helpful for keeping up with things going on in my community. Mm -hmm. So I still have it available. So that I can keep up with, like, I haven't found the, another platform to get that information yet. Yeah. And with young kids, I really want to be able to, like, go do kind of the local stuff that's going on around us. Yeah. Um. So, I have it, but I am not an active participant at this point. Uh, mm. Unless, like, we're te- gearing up for the weekend and I'm going to look for anything that might be going on.
0: Okay. We, we gotta just pause here. Cause there's probably some folks like, so you just, how can you be a functioning member of American society right. and be on social? Uh-huh. media? Like, why did you shut it off? What, what prompted that? Um, and, and, you know, and how is it impacting your life positively or negatively?
1: Yeah. So the original purpose, I think was around, I think I decided to do it like Two things were kind of com- combining at one time. One was that we were in the middle of a political election season, and it was just starting to be like a mess. And I and think
0: it, I, if you're talking about the most recent presidential one, like it was ugly. It's like
1: yeah, it just uh,
0: embarrassingly ugly on both sides, right? It's not yeah, like one side there, was bad; like everybody just name called.
1: I have a diverse group of friends, and yeah. it just it just became like it wasn't helpful, and I got. Uh, I got a little convicted by some, like some research that came out and I don't have it off the top of my head, but there was some, I think Dove did some research as a function outside of their normal campaign stuff around social media influence. And then I've always wondered, like I've always had in the back of my mind, the people who've created these platforms, these great technologies don't let their own kids use them. (laughs) <laughs> should I be concerned? Right, like, is, yeah that a that we're not using? So it was, it was a lot of personal conviction. I think there can, pro- there's a lot of good that can come out of social media, True. and I think it's a very high space for many people potentially. Um, but I was finding myself not, it just wasn't beneficial to me as much as I wanted it to be, and I did let go of some good stuff. Um, that's been harder. Mm-hmm. Like just keeping up with friends and family that are active that I can engage with more but then it's pushed me to engage with them on a more individual level and mm-hmm. so yeah I'm not seeing different people's posts on a regular basis but then it's it's having you know then I'm saying oh I do want to keep up with them let me reach out and have an individual conversation yeah. which I think is has been much more productive for me so it might be less frequent but it's much more meaningful when I do it.
0: That's, that's an interesting, you know, because I, I think the the, ch- the challenge, the warning that's occurring to me is like, I feel like I'm connected to these folks when the truth is all I'm doing is like hitting like on a picture. We haven't had an actual conversation in a long time, but I'm still giving myself a you know, minimum check mark scores, like, no, no, we're doing, we're still connected. And yeah. versus like, no, I actually, maybe we should have an actual conversation with this person, yeah. even if just a text. Um, but, but yeah, it's the, the kind of, um, it almost inoculates you against a real connection. Yeah. I feel, I don't feel the same pressure to reach out because I mean, I see her stuff online she's doing fine. Yeah. Right. But that doesn't mean we have a real connection. Yeah. So it's interesting. I am on social media. Um, but I, I probably, I'm like a professional social media. Well, I was yeah. going to say backwards. Professional, like I'm serious business, like I'm awesome. No, yeah. like professional, like I do it in a very tight, limited way. Like it's my job. Cause, mm-hmm. cause it is my job. I've kind of become something of a public figure, not you know, maybe not internationally famous, but part of my job is content and yeah. ideas and resources for, for the general public. And so So I get on in the morning and I have a series of things. I do, I check in certain spots. I have posts I do daily. Um, and so, but I do my job and then I get off and I don't get back on. I mean, I only do it during my times. Um, and while I'm there, I mean, if I see something cool from a friend, I'll make a comment. Um, now let me tell you where I did go to the next level was I did this kind of thing, but I did it with the news. And so sometimes people are shocked by this. I for years now, have not, I don't watch the news. I don't listen to the news. I don't have the news app. I actually can't delete the news app off my phone, but I turned off all notifications, stuck it in a miscellaneous folder. I don't want to see it. Um, I look at no news and now, and then I get this challenge, like, how can you be a functioning member of society and not know what's going on? Well, here's what happens. Whenever something huge goes down, um, like recently we had a Silicon Valley bank failure issue that popped up in the news. Well, I I didn't watch the news, but enough of my friends were buzzing about it. Yeah. That I was like, I should probably know what's going on. So I Google it. I'll read three or four different sources. I'll ask a buddy who maybe has got an expertise, and I'm like, okay, now I feel like I got a handle on it. So I I won't avoid public issues, but I, I just yeah. and maybe it's just my mental wiring. But I found the the tone and tenor of the news organizations is primarily to stir up outrage and disgust and shock and uh i don't like my mental or emotional state when i regularly consume the news i'm like ah, it's not think, good for me
1: yeah i think what you're describing is part of what is important about some of just that inner side of this is that you ha- you have to be very aware of what's working for you and what's not yeah, well said. You know, social media wasn't working for me, but I do actually still watch the news after four years in PR. I, I'm very fascinated, but it's a, it's a completely different lens. I'm yeah, not here. I've movie. never been in PR. So I don't yeah. bring
0: that, that mentality right. set. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I'm a musician kind of watching a band versus like the guy who's just singing his heart out, but not paying attention to how they did it. Yeah.
1: So that part of it for me is interesting, but, but you have to just, we all have to need to, continuously monitor kind of what something like consuming something, whether that's um, audio visual, like what is it doing to you and for you? And if it's not serving you well, being okay with letting that go. I think we're all going to have different things that, you know, feelings or thoughts or whatever, and being able to say, you know what, this isn't, this isn't healthy for me. And I'm okay with that. And okay. I'm going to just
0: park here for a second and underline some of what you're saying. Cause I, I don't want anyone to miss this. One, one of the things that you you're implying we covered in our last episode, right? Was that, First, you need to know what healthy and well looks like for you, right? Like, and you've done the hard work this year. Well, with the three things again, previous episode, but like, if you know what kind of person you want to be, then you do self-monitoring and say, is this particular thing when I finish it, am I closer or further from the kind of person I want to be? And then as you said it, that's going to be different for each of us, because not only are we trying to build slightly different lives, I mean, there's similarity in what you and I are doing, but not identical. Um, But, but there's also different wirings, different history, but there's also like, man, when we come down to it, uh, I, I need to figure out how my, my own self-talk intersects with the self-talk of this, you know, the messages of this platform. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, there's just a lot of value in that, Define it, self-monitor, and then and then like you know, self uh, put boundaries on this stuff and say, okay, no more. This you can come this far and no further, right? Um, yeah,
1: yeah. I think the boundaries uh, become huge, and it also goes back to, you know, it's again these all of these things are so individualized. It's mm-hmm. so yeah. you cannot put, you know, it'd be it would be would be right. If I put on you, my feelings about social media, right? Like it's just or mine like, on the news. Right. Cause yeah, it, it's or, not yeah. inherently bad. Yeah. It's more, well,
0: yeah. who am I in this situation? Yeah. yeah.
1: And so we like being okay with that too. I think sometimes we get wrapped up in needing to, um, you know, go with the flow or go with the mainstream mm-hmm. and, you know, with saying like, you know what, it's not working for me. And you know, it's, it's great if it's working for other people. Like, I don't, I don't, I I wish it could work for me better. You know, like I wish it was better, but it's just not. And that's okay. Like, it's okay for other people to feel that way. It's okay to hear someone else's boundaries and help help them hold those. So if someone says, Hey, if you came over and you were like, I'm not, I'm, you know, I don't really consume news and I had it on because we watch it and you don't like, you know, being okay with me helping you with your boundaries and knowing like, Hey, let's switch it to something else or turn it off or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like that's okay. And I, I think sometimes we get, we get so wrapped up in FOMO, like the fear of missing out mm-hmm. on things that like don't even matter. <laughs> but because it's that like we're going to miss something. Yeah. Um, and it gets really hard to balance, you know, wanting to be a part of something, but also realizing what it's doing for you and it, as an individual. Mm-hmm. Being in making the hard choice on it.
0: Yeah, yeah, being clear on that, and then and then having the the courage, maybe is the right word to express what you need, right? To say. Here's, here's what works. So like back to your scenario, right? Uh, I don't, I'm not so sensitive that I can't handle the news in the background, but I, well, actually, here's what I will give you an example. Um, so I, ADHD is a real thing for me that I wrestle with. It's, it's got huge benefits. And one of the downsides is if there's a TV playing in the background, it is very hard for me not to watch that TV. It's like somebody shouting in my ear while I'm trying to have a conversation with you. I can yeah. do it, but it's mentally exhausting. And I'm constantly like eyeballs jerk into the left. Like, so I literally, when I'll get in restaurants, I have to say to things, folks like guys, I, I can't sit on this side of the table. Can we switch seats? Cause cause where I'm sitting, there's a TV right over your head. And if you and I want to have a good conversation, like I, this is going to be a bad dinner. Can we swap? Um, and so like our favorite little Japanese joint here in town, Tomo, mm-hmm. have you been to Tomo? Um,
1: uh-huh,
0: nice. uh, it's in Sharpsburg, yeah. but if you're not in the Atlanta area, Southside, this means nothing to you, but for those in South Tomo, Tomo Japanese restaurant, it's like these, it's a little hole in the wall. They, they're small. They don't have any of the fancy stuff, but the food is so good. Like we go to the big chains, you know, Tokyo and Benihana's and it's fine. I mean, they're good, but we're like, eh, it's not as good as our Tomo. We love little Tomo anyways. <laughs> So, but, but like we just go in and now my family knows like, sorry, dad's sitting on this side of the table. I need one of these chairs, but I, I'm not sitting on that side of the table because they have a TV on that side of the restaurant, but not this one. So yeah. So, it, but, but I have to say, I've been embarrassed in the past to mention that because like now I'm like, I have to admit that I have a hard time staying focused and I don't want you to feel offended. And I've just learned like, I can't pretend if we're going to, if I'm hanging in your living room and the TV's going, I would ask you to turn it off. Not because of what the channel is, is more because yeah. I'm not gonna be able to hang with you and Aaron very well. If, if, yes, the, right. if the TV's on, it'll like take at least yeah. 20, probably 50% of my mental energy will be going into like blocking that screen. So yeah, there's, there's a certain amount of courage to just say, this is how I work. And this is what I need. If I'm going to be healthy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, and it takes a lot of like, you said courage. I'd add confidence to, mm, to be okay that's a good word. it's, it's hard and it can take some work even getting to that point of feeling like it's worth it for you to bring up these things. It's not embarrassing. I um, mean, you shouldn't, no one should make, make you feel embarrassed or, or shamed about any of this. It's like, yeah just what you've learned, you need, like, and knowing yourself, I think is half the battle.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. And uh, GI Joe would be proud of us. right? Thanks.
1: Now. Yeah. I, I caught myself doing that. It's well,
0: like, I mean, there's a reason we keep saying it there cheesy as it is, right? So no, knowing is half the battle is, is true. So uh-huh. Or, or I will say the way, uh, one of our mutual mentors has talked, Mark Miller says uh, wow. a problem well-defined is a problem half solved. Um, yeah. so yeah. yeah, just get clear on what, what you're really trying to do here. Okay. So, so give me a couple of the boundary lines, because let's say specifically home life, work life, right. You know, professional yeah. versus personal. Um, cause I have to say I, my experience and I think most people's experiences that there's a tremendous amount of of guilt. Like, um, man, I could be a better professional if I didn't have this family stuff. And I, you know, they, it's a, it's a, it's a win, lose tension. And I guess I'll give more here now. And this time I'll have to give more. Now I feel guilty for being with the family though. Cause the, like I could have done or vice versa. Right. I could have been more present for my kids, but I had a job. And what do I do with that? Um, like, how do you, where do you draw those lines? How do you know when enough is enough? And you say, okay, Um, I've done enough work for today. Uh, I I just gonna be all in with my family, or hey, family, you guys can wait. I got some stuff to do. But do you have tools or triggers or guidelines to help you say, Hey, I, I, how do I know when it's time to switch gears?
1: Yeah, I think, yes, I do. And there's a couple of things like, um, one is i there is a time of the day that I protect, so from whenever okay. I get home from work until the kids go to bed, so it's typically like a two hour window for me right now. Mm-hmm. They're just so young, um and it's just full talk full of like dinner, bedtime, bath, routine stuff, yes,
0: yes, all the little kid um, bedtime routines there's yeah a lot to it, yeah,
1: so most of the time I work really like I just. I might see stuff, but I'm not going to respond or do anything until after everyone's asleep. That's that's literally the only time I have during the day. So in the morning, there's the other part of the routine, right? Of getting <laughs> them up and getting them dressed and getting them. Yes, yes, So that wouldn't lead straight to us walking out the door. So there's not a lot of extra time there. Mm-hmm. So it's literally my time with them during the day is that two-hour window on a weekday. Yeah.
0: yeah, you get and a little touch to in the morning, and then you get your big chunk in the evening,
1: and then they go to bed. Yeah. And so. Um,
0: so, so let me I'm be clear. Not it's not like when I get to this amount of work, my family gets it. It's whenever the clock hits that point And I time to pick up the kids, I go pick up the kids and I go home and work just stops or at least pauses yes. during that chunk, no matter what yeah. else is happening.
1: Yeah. And that's a part of it. I think the other side is like being able for just prioritizing in general and saying, Hey, this is, this is urgent. Mm. Um, and I, you know, like kind of assessing every moment and saying like, what's my trade off for taking this urgent thing, whether it's a family urgent thing or a work urgent thing. right? Um, you know, I have to call that trade off. Right. So like kids, when your kids are sick and the daycare says you have to come get them, there, there's a, not a whole lot of other options. You have. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Like, they're like, you have an hour, come get your kid. It's yeah. you know, sick. And, and like, I think we talked about this a little bit last time, obviously like have some balance. I have a partner that helps and we can trade off, but sometimes it's just me. And when it's my turn or my go at it, like yeah, yeah. I have to say, no, I have to move stuff around for, I feel very fortunate to work in an environment that is so family friendly where that is a ah. really accepted, like practice. Yeah, you're not
0: penalized. If you take care of family, there's not, no. uh, they don't look down on you for that.
1: No, uh, not at all. And, uh, so I think that's a part of it. Like just yeah. knowing the environment that you, you have and you're in and what that means, but I've been like wrestling with this concept recently around, we think about work and personal life, like a seesaw, like mm. a work-life balance. Yeah, Yeah. It's like, you know, we even talk about it, you know, I've, I've kind of heard this evolution of like, it's it's one or the other. And like, how do you balance these things? And then right. and I've really heard uh, spe- specifically women leaders kind of say like, well, it's not like balance, like 50% each day. It's like, you know, you, you ebb and flow and it's balanced over time. And I'm like, right. okay, that right. sounds interesting. Great. But I've really started to kind of work through um, within myself, like, what if it's not set up like a seesaw, like one's up and one's down yeah. at any time, whether you look at that on a day scale or years. Right. Right. Whatever
0: scale. But that is the, it was even probably the assumption behind my question, right? Is it that in yeah. order for this to win, the other has to lose a little.
1: Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm been kind of wrestling with like, what if it's a multiplier? What if, what if you can uh, win at both together uh, And. All the time. I don't know. I'm still wrestling with it. So like <laughs> live thoughts here. Yeah. Yeah. Real time. Um, but I feel like, so let me give you an example. So part of like my personal life is like, I love to learn. That's mm-hmm. something that I've, I found out working with you. I've, you oh, know, yeah. worked on that over time in different aspects. Um, and if I don't give myself the space to learn, If I don't give that zone some of its time, whether that's during, you know, over the course of a week or over the course of whatever that is, I think my hypothesis is that the other zones suffer if Mm -hmm. I don't give that space. So that would lead me to then this hypothesis of if I do the things that like make me happy, either that's family life, if that's, you know, chasing a passion, if that's learning in my case. Then the other zones are in a better position, and so it's like it's a multiplier, not a either or.
0: Yeah, you know, I even though I asked the question earlier, when you say it, that's starting to resonate with what I'm trying to do as well. Um, so, like for example, you know, my wife Rachel, she works as well, um, and and there've been. Some of our friends, right? The women have felt like their passion is just to stay home and be all engaged. And I, that can be really good for them. But one of the things my wife has said is that she actually also wants to show our, our sons and daughters, hey, this is what it's like as a woman can work, right? Mom, Being a mom doesn't mean that I don't also have a professional brain and these accomplishments. And so like um showing her daughters a working woman is is actually a gift to her daughters, not a, um, you know, not a penalty to her daughters. And and I'll say another thing, I did this two days ago. Um, I had one of my kids come with me. So consultant, yeah. right. I speak at events. I travel to go do client strategy sessions. Uh, you know, I'm out of town, uh, sometimes and like, there is a necessary, like, I can't physically be here for the bedtime routine. I can I call in, and but it's not the same. Right. Um, However, what I've tried to say is, hey, what if my job also created opportunities and made me better. So one of the things I did is I checked my kid out of school and just told the school, like, sorry, she's out for the day. And I took, it was Abby. I took Abby with me yeah. to a speaking event and she came and sat in the back and took notes and gave me feedback on how I was doing. And we got the travel time together and I, I'm exposing yeah. her to CEOs and strategy and, you know, yeah. all, you know, the stuff I geek out about how to build great customer experience, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, hey, think about the project you're working on. She's got an animation project she's doing. Um, and so so I see how that to be like, I think that me working and traveling, if I think how can I use this to bless my family, that's an, I'll give you another lesson. So even if for non-travelers, I remember this is several years back, but I just launched my consulting company, left the company where you and I had worked together. Wow. And it was terrifying and I, it was the right move to make and God's blessed us and we're great now. But that, that doesn't mean that there weren't like roller coasters of like, you know, Hey, we're going to be awesome. And Oh my gosh, nobody will sign anything. And it's three months of what do we do? And, and one of the best pieces of advice I got was don't shield your kids or protect your kids from this. In fact, bring it to the dinner table and let them see the journey of what it's like to process this so that they will know when they take risky things in their life, Hey, there's going to be scary days. There's going to be exciting days. And this is the journey. And so, so again, rather than my entrepreneurial risk be a penalty to my family, they were like, this is maybe one of the most cool things your kids will be able to say, Oh, I remember being able to, to kind of ride shotgun and watch dad as he did this entrepreneurial crazy stuff. And now maybe, I mean, maybe the best lesson they'll get out of is like, I don't want to do that. Heck no. That was crazy. Right. But but at least they know, um, I will say so far they're all saying like, I mean, maybe I'll start my own company too, dad. And I was like, go get it. I'll help. I'll help when you get there. But, but anyways, i have to say, yeah it's interesting i didn't i never use the term multiplier so i might start borrowing that yeah, um, but like how can i use the this area of my life to make that area of my life better and i i'll finish up with this like i've done this a few times now since my kids got into high school i said you could come on you're going to come on a speaking trip once a semester with me i'm taking yeah. you out of school and you'll do it with me at first I would say I did it and I was like, and I'm probably going to weird out my CEO clients who don't want a teenager in the room. Yeah. Um, but you know what, dang it, my family matters and they're just going to have to deal with it. And if I lose exactly. a client like you know, I'll, I'll just have to figure that out. And I found the opposite to be true. Jess, like my clients love it. Now I, I, I do strategically pick which trip they come to to not be the one we're dealing yeah. with confidential hairy issues. Right. Yeah. Um, but like, Hey, we're going to, it's a, it's a large conference or speaking. It's not going to be super intimate. Yeah. Adding another person to room doesn't cost them anything. I'll cover all the costs. So I i do, I do it smart, but man, I, every time I'm there like, Oh man, your daughter and she was great. Or, and they get all in and you know, my kids, they're fine. Yeah. Um, in fact, sidebar, do you remember how Abby used to, We we used to, when you and I were running a leadership development program together yeah. way back, and I, one of the things I did was have them come to my house. We had like just an evening out, catered a dinner. We played the animal game and we smack each other with that foam. I mean, it was great, right? <laughs> um And uh, do you remember Abby would like impromptu get up and give little messages and like lecture them on how to do things. Uh, Uh Abby would be totally embarrassed. So sorry, kiddo, but I'm doing this one. (laughs) My favorite is the time when she got up. She was probably, Four, right? She's three or four, and so she got up. And she has a younger sister who was going through potty training at the time. Maybe she's (laughs) Lily's about two, and she Abby looked at everyone and she said, "And also remember to never pee pee in your panties." And
1: they
0: (laughs) everybody in the room looked at each other like. I mean, that's, that's uh, hard to argue with. That. That's good advice right there for you guys. That's one of the keys to success. So, yeah. So anyways, my kids are, my kids are a trip. I've been, I've been putting yeah. in the middle of work stuff for a long time. Um, yeah. and I, I think it makes them better and, and I think people enjoy it. So I, yeah, I don't think they're quite as competitive as even I make them out to be sometimes when I talk about yeah. it.
1: Yeah, I heard um this is before I had kids, but I I heard Drew Barrymore actually speak. One time she's on uh, you know Talk Show or something. Mm-hmm. She's talking about being a working mom and she says, you know, you know, originally she found herself saying I'm so sorry, I have to go to work. I'm on yeah. set. Um and apologizing and over, you know, over explaining it to her kids about what's happening and where she's going and she kind of had this realization around saying, you know, I, actually, I, I like my job. I don't know why I'm really apologizing. And she flipped the script that she was sharing with her kids. She's like, Hey, I'm going to go to work. I'm going to be gone for this amount of time. M- Mommy loves to go to work. I'm so excited. I I'm going to miss you and right. I can't wait to come home. This is something I love to do. And it's really great. Right. Um, and really putting that, that lens on how we talk about our work or how we talk about what we do. It really like impressed upon me like early on. And um so much so that I think I found myself when I did have kids, um, I use this phrase a lot. And I tell people, you know, like, I'm a better wife and mom because I go to work. Yeah. And I don't think that's for everybody. I think a lot of people, you know, are a better mom because they don't go to work. And I, that's, again, goes back to individualization. It's everyone has knowing who you are is important to be able to build that. And obviously everyone's life situations are different where, you know, sometimes you don't have a choice and that's okay too. Right, right. Um, Fortunately, you know, like I, I do feel like for my personality, for my situation that, Because I get to use my skills in a different way, because I get to uh, interact with different people and talk about a different topic throughout Mm -hmm. the day, I feel like I'm better engaged when I am with my family. Um, And that's why I think this multiplier effect really is something. I haven't like proven it all the way out yet. And like I said, still wrestling it out. Um, and, and let's be
0: clear, sick days are not, uh, multiplying anybody's life. Right There, <laughs> are, right. there right. are days when it's just all difficult and then, yes. but, but that's true. Oh, whether yeah. you're, you're working, you're with kids, you're not kids, you're home. I mean, like whatever your balance is, there's days when, when it doesn't all work, but yeah, I love what you're saying. Like I'm, I'm a better, mother, I'm a better, and I think you probably could flip the script. I'm a better worker because in your case, right? I'm a wife and mother. And I know when, when we first met, you were single and I, I I was a little bit older than you. So I I was married with small kids and you were just in the dating scene talking about, but I remember like, that was one of your heart desires again, back to your individual calling and wiring. And you're like, I, I think this is part of what I was made to do. And so maybe that's the, maybe that's the underlying key here is is it a challenge for all of us to get really clear on, on what is our ideal self? Like who who are we ultimately designed to be? And then how do we build out each of those, because we're all multifaceted, each of those facets yeah. in our life in a way that, that they all bless each other. I mean, like MBA and a learner and a real estate life. It's like if somebody was listening to this and they're thinking, I got to go get all the same certifications and degrees just as, so that I'd have a good life, I'd be like, slow down. If you're wired to be a learner like her, then that's life-giving. If you're not, and you don't have a career like her, then maybe an MBA would be life-draining, not life-giving. And what what you need to to carve out of that chunk of time is, uh, I'm going to make something up, like go go volunteer at a nonprofit or start your own company instead of going through another learning program. And so it's like, who am I? And then based on what I'm learning about myself, how do I try to be the full version of myself in my world. And when you're doing that, then this facet makes this facet healthier and better. And it's, I, it's not that we have to pick which facet in our life wins. We're supposed to be all those things. It got designed it so that you would be a learner and you had a heart to be a mother and you had a brain to consult with people. And like, he put all that in there on purpose, and so, yeah. like, how do we? How do we? Okay, yeah, I don't. That's what I'm getting out of this. Is this? Yeah. Identify and it, yourself, and then figure out how to live it out.
1: Yeah, and I, I think we can look at it at a very tactical in the weeds level. Like, do do these things compete for the same amount of time? Yes, of course they do. We have a we have a limited amount of time each day. Um, are things on the calendar going to come up against each other? you know, a kids recital, a work trip against, you know, classes or whatever. Yes. Yeah, it, yeah. Like, logistically, it's going to be hard, but if you're keeping like your own centered alignment around how these things work together and what needs to be prioritized and how are, how are they layering on top of each other to build a story or a life? I think that's where I think, I feel like the multiplication can come in and where you really start to see them less as competing and more of compounding.
0: Yeah. Oh, well said. Compounding instead of competing. Yeah. I think there's, there's some really beautiful and challenging things in here because this, um, it's easier on some level to just, pick the typical plan and do what everyone else is doing, right? Try to build the the normal successful life um, versus building the life you were called to build. And that that's a huge, and I'll, I'll throw one more thing because I actually have a previous little solo podcast rant. I do on this is like, we all have the same amount of time, so you can't increase or decrease time. And if you ever figure that out, call me. Cause I really, really want to add some hours. Um, however, we, so time is not variable. It's fixed for all of us. It flows the same. What is variable though is our energy and how much energy we bring into that time. So for example, you got two hours with your kids. I mean, there's a certain fixed reality to that. Even if you wanted to, you couldn't do 26 hours with your kids. Um, you can do, it's like they got to sleep, you got to eat. I mean, you there's a certain amount you couldn't do, right? right? But what you can do is take that two to three hours, and you can come into it alive having take care of yourself, done other work that's interesting so that you're fully engaged in that two to three hours and you have high energy for it. And you'll get more out of that two to three hours than sometimes I've gotten out of a dead Saturday where I'm like brain dead and emotionally distracted. And like I was around my kids, but I really wasn't engaging with them. Um, and so again,
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, Or trying to do
0: emails and phone calls and talk to a buddy. Oh, yeah, but I got the kids in the background. Like, listen, um, I can't change the time, but I can change the energy that I bring to that time. And and I I ranted on that. What I didn't say is what I think you're hitting here is one of the key ways to bring great energy into this is to have the rest of your life balanced and healthy and 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 balanced in the sense of like appropriately proportioned. Hey, where's my learning time? Because Cause I have better energy for all the other parts of my life. If I get to do this part too, this is really good. And and it's a real, like a reality check for us, right? Like this is a real, how do we dance this dance, figure this stuff out. Um, and it, it's not by picking one thing. It's by figuring out who we are and, and building our own kind of custom, fully engaged life plan. So,
1: yeah. And I, I'll add to, you. you know, I've recently been thinking about like, what the, like, what's an adjective I want to be known for? Mm. Random thought, but I, I think it ties into what we're talking about here, which like adds another layer of complexity to it. Um, which I want, I want people to say I'm available. Wow. And so with like when you're like <laughs> trying to do things, anything, right. Like, <laughs> work, life, yeah, family, yeah. whatever. Like I also am working really hard to be available mm-hmm. and that's an, another level of commitment part three. Right. But I think that, <laughs> yeah, I <was> gonna
0: say <laughs> that's, like, that's awesome and really hard to do. Cause every time right. you make a commitment to somebody that's awesome, you, you make yourself less available. Right. How do you still be known for that? And still have commitments, and I know you have a, a you know, you have a few commitments. Um, so yeah, that's really interesting.
1: So I I don't know. You know, like I what I hope nobody walks away with like, oh, I have something figured out. Yeah. I yeah. I have nothing figured out. What I have is convictions, I have um things that I'm passionate about, I have things that I'm wrestling with, mm-hmm. um I have conflicting calendar invites, right? Like those are the things I can tell you I have. Um, What I don't have is it figured out, but I have a curiosity to figure it out
0: or to work. Well, to to restate it, right? Uh, Now you know what kind of life and person you want to be and knowing's half the battle. Uh, Now, you still got to do the other half the battle and actually like figure out how to live that out. But Mm
1: -hmm.
0: yeah, that is that's a beautiful word to be known by. Um, and I confess there've been times when that is something I could say about my life and there are times when that's not something I would say about my life. So it's got me, it's got me chewing on how available do people think I am now. And I, you know, I'll just react quick in real time thinking this out loud. Like, I also probably it's available to whom. And there's some people that I would say this set of people, my kids, my wife, for example, some of my core key inner staff on my core team, they need to feel like I'm really available. And it might be that in order to be available to them, I'm actually, there's another group of people that might be, less available um yeah. sorry I can't do that as often because I'm continually uh, I got I gotta figure that one out is um I don't yeah. know if I could be available to everyone and still no. you know, like have a job but but well, available I think, to the key people in my life that's a really good
1: challenge yeah I'm and not sure than I am I gotta figure that out Yeah. And I think it's frequency, right? Like I I think one layer of that is frequency. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when it's somebody who you're less available for, maybe you don't schedule them for next week on your calendar. Maybe you push that out a couple months, right? And and it's not saying that you're never available for them. It's just that you like leave that
0: space. Yeah. So rather than an on-off binary choice is a sliding scale of availability. Yeah, Yeah. That's good. Yeah, this has been excellent. Um, and you know what, Hey, maybe that'll be our next podcast is, uh, go figure that out. And then yeah. you come back and tell me how to do it. That, that oh. would be awesome.
1: So I'll see you in about 30 years. Uh, <laughs>
0: it's a deal. It's a deal uh-huh. <laughs> Put it on the calendar. Our kids should be out of the house by then, please Jesus.
1: Yeah. That's when you're next available. Is that what you're telling me? Yes. Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> I, my calendar is going to open up then. That's the, that's the hope. <laughs> oh goodness. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Upgrade Engines with Scott Wozniak. If you want to hear more of my thoughts on life and leadership, you might want to sign up for my weekly newsletter at www.scottwozniak.com slash upgrade. That's S-C-O-T-T-W-O-Z-N-I-A-K.com slash upgrade. You'll get a cool quote, a deep thought, and a recommendation for something that I use and love. It's not long and it should be fun. The theme is similar to this podcast, but it's not the same content. And if you're a leader who wants to build a legendary brand, you can check out my company's website to learn how we can help at www.swasconsulting.com. That's S-W-O-Z consulting.com. Change really is possible. Dreams can come true. It may take a while, but you can upgrade anything if you build the right engine.